are Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Lockdown Flames. I'm your host, Jess Belmosto. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. So head on over to the App Store and download Locker Room. Sign up for your free account today and catch me over there once a week where we talk about the Calgary Flames and, of course, all things going on in the NHL, which, you know, now it's going to be the playoffs. So make sure you do that. And today's episode is going to be another playoff bandwagon episode, and it is for my beloved Boston Bruins. But I don't have Ian jumping on from Locked On Bruins because of scheduling conflicts, but I do have Nick Lanciani from Down the Frozen River, which is a website that I write for jumping on. But so today's episode, the first two segments are going to be a little bit quicker than normal and we will be you know, jumping into the interview. But of course, make sure that you are subscribed to Locked on Flames wherever you get your podcasts. You don't want to miss this because, you know, this is a great show. You know, we're here for you five days a week and I'm so excited for the Flames offseason to see what they decide to do. Last night, Speaking of what the Flames decided to do, they they won four to one over the Vancouver Canucks, which I mean we we had talked about this series kind of being easy wins because of the midseason setback that the Canucks had with COVID. So it's just you know these are truly meaningless meaningless games for both teams. And the rescheduling of these games shifted how the playoffs would start, when the playoffs would start, and everything like that. But, you know, the, the Flames won. So congrats. You're playing yourself out of a better lottery spot pick, I guess you could say. Uh, the only Canucks goal came from Matthew Highmore, and Travis Hamanick had the primary assist there, so good for him. That's his sixth point of the season. <laughs> that was Matthew Highmore's first NHL goal, I believe, and what a way for it to be overshadowed. Uh, Rasmus Anderson tied it up as well with Gaudreau and Lindholm on the assists. Uh, you know, good, good for them. <laughs> like. It just doesn't make any sense to me how this team just comes alive at the end of the season when none of it matters. And of course, my favorite Flames player, Andrew Mangiapane, notched his 14th of the season, uh, taking the lead with the 2-1 goal. And uh, Nikita Nesterov and Joachim Nordstrom had the assists there. Elias Lindholm, the wonderful, underrated, underappreciated center for the Calgary Flames and one of the best, I would say one of the best centers in the NHL, notched his 18th goal of the season with assists from Matthew Kachuk and Chris Tanev. And Matthew Kachuk scored his 11th goal of the season last night, putting the Flames up 4-1, to one, which of course gave him 12 goals on the season and Gaudreau scored hit or earned his 25th uh, point and Michael Backlund with his 20th. 
I, I don't get it. Again, I, I just don't. I think that the Flames are one of those teams that can never get it together at the right time. And it's kind of like me with my time management skills because, you know, I went to bed relatively early last night and then I somehow slept until one o'clock when I had a final paper due at four o'clock. So again, time management just isn't our thing. And that's why I love covering this team because, well, I can relate so heavily to it. But Jacob Markstrom made uh, 24 saves last night and the face-off differential was huge. Again, 61% for Vancouver and 39% for Calgary. And yet Calgary still walked away with four goals, or skated away with four goals. And Calgary had 14 giveaways. No, I'm not talking about like pucks to give away. I'm talking about like giveaway giveaways. And, you know, I think that It's just, this team makes no sense to me because they are a very good team. We know that. We're not dumb. We see this. And then they go ahead and lose lose their spot in the playoffs, which is so embarrassing looking back on my early season predictions. And I just kind of excused it all the way through. But we'll go into that, uh, you know, next week and the week after. But my God, like this team has the capability of winning. We've seen that. They just don't want to do it when it matters. And I don't, (laughs) again, I just don't understand it. But coming up next, I am going to do the winners and losers of the week because just save the interview for last. (laughs) But of course, I have to talk to you uh, just for a brief moment about Wealthfront. Wealthfront is you know, one of the amazing platforms that can create a portfolio of globally diverse, low-cost index funds personalized for you in just minutes. And I think that is a huge thing because, you know, we're all looking for that instant gratification, just that, you know, the convenience of having that there for minutes. And you don't have to do any manual trades. You don't have to pick stocks. And my biggest thing is that you don't have to watch the stock market every day. They automatically handle all of the investing based on preferences that you control. And personally, watching the stock market stresses me out, even though like I really don't have any huge investments. I just, I see those numbers and I'm like, Oh my God, everybody else around them, or, or, you know, that has invested in this is, you know, they might be in trouble or things like that. But Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to wealthfront.com forward slash locked on NHL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash Locked On NHL to start growing your savings. Locked On Flames continues. Let's continue the conversation over on Twitter. You can find me at Jess Belmosto. And of course, you can email me at JessBelmosto74 at gmail.com to continue the conversation. The most wonderful segment of the week is winners and losers, and I love talking about this because I think we get to just kind of branch out from the flames and, you know, talk about other things, but I just have to put Jim Benning 
on the loser block. I think he is an absolute clown for letting Tyler Toffoli go and not offering him a contract extension at the end of last season. And there was the Players Players Tribune article that came out uh, from Tyler Toffoli Thursday. I believe it was Thursday or Wednesday. Wednesday or Thursday. Again, I have no concept of time right now. But they wrote this article about how he was a D-list celebrity in Los Angeles and how, you know, it was, you know, it got his name got him into restaurants and clubs and things like that. And his uh, the moment he lifted the Stanley Cup, he was like, wow, this is the Kobe Bryant experience sort of deal. And as much as I want to hate Tyler Toffoli and the Montreal Canadiens, reading that article just it it gives us an inside look as to what you know it humanizes these players and that sounds so bad to say but like you know when you look at Noah Hannafin you don't see Noah Hannafin who you know owns a golden retriever and has this beautiful family back in Boston or something like that you know you say oh that's Noah Hannafin who was a stud in college and has had quite the interesting NHL career going from Carolina to Calgary and things like that. And one of my favorite things is just how Player Tribune articles humanize players. And I think a lot of people just forget that players are are human beings and they aren't these media-cut players who are not media cup, but you know, like these robotic players that are media trained and things like that. Like they have lives just like you and I, you and I, but Jim Benning really dropped the ball on re-signing Tyler Toffoli. And I have to say that I am very proud of Toffoli for penning that article and just talking about his experience as a hockey player. <laughs> and my winner of the week is of course... Everybody who is graduating from high school and college, I think that these are very exciting times for so many of us. I just wrapped up my uh, lower junior year of college, which is weird because I'm 25, but like that's a whole nother story that we can talk about um, off of the podcast. But you know, this has been a challenging year for so many people, and I am very proud of every single one of you who have done something to better yourselves and just kind of get by in the last year. I think that, you know, earning a degree (laughs) through Zoom University is quite the feat. And I'm just, I'm very proud of all of us. So congratulations to everybody who has graduated and, and or has made the decision to go to college. I am wishing nothing but the best for you. And you will absolutely need those Built Bar protein bars to get you through that first semester back at school. You know, Built Bars are filled with protein, low in sugar, high in fiber, 
and they are wonderful for all of your nutritional needs. I love eating them when I am just too stressed to eat an actual meal. And when I'm stressed, I get uh, like a really like big hankering for something sweet. And Built Bar tastes just like a candy bar. So it's wonderful to have those needs on hand at all times. So head on over to BuiltBar.com today and use promo code locked 15 for 15% off of your next order. That's promo code locked 15 for 15% off of your next order at builtbar.com. It's hockey playoff season, baby. And you already know that we have plenty of betting needs covered by BetOnlineAG. Head on over to BetOnlineAG today and sign up for your free account and use promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus that is guaranteed with your first deposit. So head on over today and sign up for your free account and use promo code locked on for that 50% welcome bonus. Hello, everybody. And as I promised, we are here with the one and only Nick Lanciani to talk about the Boston Bruins and why you should root for them and yes this is my hometown team and the team that I actively root for outside of Calgary but uh Nick is here to be the expert on them today how are you Nick doing pretty well doing pretty well I love the uh I'm establishing the Milan Lucic connection to the podcast and the the (laughs) Andrew Ference connection to the the Chuck Kobasu connection to you know every player that used to play for the Flames or used to play for the Bruins has gone back and forth, that sort of thing. The Jerome McGinley, the, the Stefan Yell connection to the podcast. The uh, <laughs> I could just keep going on and on and forever. But uh, yeah, it's good to be here. I'm so glad that you decided to jump on once again. This is one of those times where I messaged Nick at the last minute and I'm like, what are you doing? Because I had another guest for today, but unfortunately he has food poisoning. So the Preds bandwagon segment will have to wait. But Nick, how are you? I already asked you how you are. How confident are you in this Bruins Caps series? Um, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the, the great part for whatever weird reason, I always feel weird talking about weird reason. Feel weird. Sorry, I just repeat words a bunch today. Uh, I always feel bad talking about the team I grew up rooting for. Yeah. Because I don't want to come across as like, oh, you know, he's completely biased. Well, no, I, I grew up rooting for the team. So I, I understand the culture. I understand kind of a lot yeah. of history and where some people feel and how wrong they are when they're like, Tuka Rask sucks. It's like, no, he's, he's really good. He's a lead. You, you should to knock have. that out because, you know, back in the days of Mika Kiprasov, I want a Kiprasov. Of course. The Bruins didn't have Kiprasov. The Flames did. And I was happy for the Flames in that case. But, you know, it's, it's like that sort of a nature mentality where I don't want to come across as someone that's obnoxious, but I also want to be able to talk about a team that I am just down the highway from and that I have watched every minute of this season. So to do so conscientiously (laughs) is the approach here. And I understand that the history of the Bruins and Capitals has been a bit convoluted in the last decade. Uh, Braden Holtby came out of nowhere, so to speak, at least for most Bruins fans. They didn't know Washington's pipeline of goaltenders that they just kind of churned out in the late 
2000s and the early 2010s being all pretty good. And, uh, you know, Holtby just took over the last time these two teams met in the 2012 Eastern Conference Final. Well, Holtby's no longer around. He's in in Vancouver. So Washington's got some hard decision to make between Vitek Vanacek and Ilya Samsonov. Now, Vanacek has been, you know, having a couple of maintenance days here and there, kind of dealing with a lower body injury, I believe. And uh, he'll be fine. He'll be in the game. Mostly because at this point, we don't think Ilya Samsonov will be available for tomorrow, given that he's still in COVID protocol for, what, the 11th day in a row. Yeah. If I'm a Bruins fan, I'm liking the goaltending matchup simply because if Tukarask somehow, if the game just doesn't go the way that you want to go, starting out of the gate, you have Jeremy Swayman. And you might pull a reverse capitals in this case, where the Bruins are the team that has a goalie that comes seemingly out of nowhere. Though for Bruins fans and perhaps fans around the rest of the league, you might have remembered that, oh yeah, Swayman's pretty good. He played superbly well at the University of Maine. And, uh, you know, there's kind of Hobie Baker and everything to go with that, where it's kind of like, all right, so goaltending advantage Boston offense in their regular season matchup. As I'm scrolling through my notes frantically to find out, uh, the Bruins kind of had, you know, an okay time. Yeah. They, they ended up being outshot by the Capitals. 241 to 239. And the goals were all over the place. You know, Washington won their first matchup 4-3 in overtime. About what you expect for a Bruins and Capitals games in in DC. Because for one reason or another, the Bruins are always in a close one or two goal battle. And it just doesn't tend to go their way for the last 10, 15 years. But then they won 5-3 in Washington. And then they lost 2-1 in a shootout in Boston. But then they won 5-1 in Boston. And then the Bruins won 4-2 in Washington. And then they lost 8-1. And then they won 6-3. And then they won, oh, well, they lost 2-1 in the ultimate game of the regular season, the, uh, the final one, where they just kind of rolled out all the problems Bruins and said, all right, so we're going to rest our guys for game one because we're going to see them between whatever day now and Saturday. Yeah. So, you know, Bergie, rest up and uh, come back and do your thing. Uh, I like the Bruins' chances a lot more going into this series than I would have if they went into last year and ended up making out of the first round and facing each other somehow, some way. Because I know they played each other around in the round robin action, and that didn't go so well for Boston. Oh they went from winning the President's Trophy to being the fourth seed. This year around, this time around, you know, I don't like being a team that's a favorite to win anything for one reason or another. No, I think that's the worst. The Colorado Avalanche are a great example of being a favorite and actually being able to get it done, historically speaking. But they're an exception to the rule, it seems. They just won the President's Trophy this year. They've won it two times prior. In 1997, they lost in the Western Conference Final. And in 2001, they won the Stanley Cup. So are you telling me that the President's trophy curse isn't necessarily real the more times that teams have won the president's trophy and then gone on to win the stanley cup is actually you know pretty good interesting more teams have won both than have won one and then not the other 
granted, the, the trophy's only been handed out since 1986, but I still don't like the Bruins as an organization as a favorite going to things. I like them a lot better as kind of the second or third seed these days with the crazy thing that we do now for the playoffs, especially with temporary realignment in light of yeah. COVID. I don't know if I like them so much not having home ice in the first round. I think it's kind of vital to them to have home ice right away. I think it's fine if they don't have it in the second or third round. And it's probably better in the last 20 years for any any team that makes the Stanley Cup final to be the road team. So that's where I'm, you know, a little bit worried about the Colorado Avalanche. 20 years ago, different story. They won the Preston's <laughs> Trophy. No worries. Now I'm a little worried if I'm an Avs fan. Not that they won't get to the Stanley Cup final, but that, you know, home ice advantage, whether it does or doesn't exist, there's just so much pressure on a team that is both the favorite, has home ice, and goes to a game seven. And then, you know, to, to talk about Bob a little bit more, uh, 2019, for example. Yeah, I was just going to bring up 2019 and how recent that was. And, like, why, why would anybody want to root for a team that has made it – that was two years ago now? That's so gross to think about that that was two years ago. Um, you know, why would somebody want to root for them and not necessarily an underdog like the Hurricanes or – Predators or Edmonton and none of the other Canadian teams. You know, the, the rivals of the Flames. Uh, yeah. It, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's a very fun time of year for anyone, really, mm-hmm. if you're a hockey fan or casual fan or if you're just getting into the sport, welcome aboard. Uh, because it just goes from zero to 100, as kids these days say, really fast. <laughs> Uh, or Wicked Fast yeah. for from Massachusetts. But as it pertains to this series, I think it probably goes six games. It could go seven games. Mm-hmm. I like the Bruins' chances. I like the fact that they've got Taylor Hall, that they have the depth scoring now, that the second line, surprise, surprise, David Krejci, when he has wingers that he can work with, a lot of amazing things can happen. You know, it's, it's kind of like when Conan O'Brien was leaving the Tonight Show to go to do his own thing uh, because, you know, Jay Leno, that whole thing. But anyway, uh, his his final remarks were kind of along the lines of, if you work hard and you're kind, amazing things will happen. Well, yeah. David Krejci's always been working hard, and he's one of the nicest people that I know in the industry. He just amazing, needs- amazing things happened 10 years ago. You never know if they can happen again. So this is a great chance for them as an underdog among the, quote, favorites to really get out of the first round if – the matchup looks decent in the second round and they can pull their weight, then they can get to the semifinal, which at that point I'm done making predictions this season. Yeah, That's like, that's a, one of the, that's one point in the season where you're just kind of like anything can happen because um, you don't know. You really don't know what is going on with the team. And especially this season in that, you know, the first two rounds, all the teams have played each other. Yeah, at least eight or ten times or nine times if you're in Canada. And uh, that's easy to kind of go off of and say, oh, okay. So in the regular season, Boston, you know, they they're they're okay against Washington. They're Mm -hmm. they won more than anyone expected, but they're okay. You know, they they probably have better offense in terms of 
depending on who's in net, they probably have about the same defense, if not slightly better, again, depending on who's in net. For one reason or another, the Bruins have played a little bit more confidently in front of anyone that's not to caress this season, interestingly enough. Uh, so but weird. once you get to the semifinal this year, those teams haven't played each other at all since mm-hmm. 9, 10, 11, 12, however many months ago at this point. And the matchups can get even stranger. As we know in the first round, Nashville and Carolina, those are two teams that normally don't see each other until the Stanley Cup final because of the way conferences and divisions are set up. But this year, they're both in the Central Division. So here we go. Nashville and Carolina, a great matchup among two of the best cities in the Southeast. I was just going to say, those, like, I know you love North Carolina. You went to college there. And... I've only ever visited as I was passing through, but Nashville is one of my favorite cities outside of Boston because just the culture there and the vibes there are fantastic. And they are a hockey city. Absolutely. Like it's not, this isn't just like a, oh, you have to experience winter to be a hockey city. No, Nashville fans go hard. I remember being down there in 2011, 2012 maybe. I don't. It might have been 2011, um, and they made the playoffs. And they had a car out in front of Bridgestone Arena, where they played their hockey games. And it had their. I don't remember who they were playing. It must have been the Blackhawks. It sounds or, about right, since they met like yeah. ten times in the last twelve years. Right. Like I'm just. I'm thinking yeah so and they like demolish the car like the fans can go up and kind of like whack-a-mole smash for a reason right and i was like wow like they don't have anything like this back in boston no because boston is unhinged yeah there's there's too many you know luxury (laughs) apartments being built right on top of right there (laughs) but no like it's just absolutely crazy and i love nashville and i'm I just hope both teams have fun in that series because, I mean, I, I'll be happy with either outcome. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm having a hard time making any predictions so far. Yeah. I, as it was, I was working on my preview earlier, and I, for one thing, I can't write about the North Division until all the games are done, I feel like. And so in the meantime, I'm trying to decide what all the other things are going on and what's happening here and there. And I'm like, I just, I can't do this until the entire season for one reason or another is complete. And then I can say, okay, well, if this team wins and then that team wins and then how far they go and then how much further that team might go. The good news is that the preview that I'm currently writing is only for the first round. So I'm at least relaxed there, but among friends are like, Hey, you got, you know, how's your bracket? Submit it to NHL.com. Do this, do that. I don't know what to do. No, I don't either. I got that email today and it was like, fill out your NHL bracket. And I said, no, I'm all set. Thank you. Although the last time I filled out the bracket, uh, the Bruins made it to the Stanley Cup finals. So I I don't know if I, I think I'm just going to leave it be. Or maybe you should fill it out, but then like don't fill out the the tail end. I don't know. Yeah, like I don't know. Superstition, something there is going to change. I had them going up against San Jose. And well, it almost happened. It it did almost happen. But it would have been fun to see Joe Thornton against Joe Thornton's old team. Right. 
And I was just like, ooh, this could be fun. And you know what? That could still happen this year. It'll just be Joe Thornton with his new team against Joe Thornton's second oldest team. Yeah, previous team. The the team before the team, before the (laughs) other team. Uh, Yeah, I think that this is going to be a fun playoff year for uh, really all the teams. And I'm hoping that Calgary, you know, kind of watches and they're like, oh. Take some notes. Yeah, exactly. Like, we could do that. And with Sean Monahan having yet another hip surgery for the third, well, second time, because he had both hips operated on in 2018. So really, like, three hip surgeries in three years is not great. And, you know, you kind of just want him to come back. And he does remind me of David Krejci in a lot of ways. But at the same time, like, he needs to get healthy and have people who can play with him on his wing. And once they moved Gaudreau off of his wing, both of them kind of, you know, took it to a different level. And I'm hoping the Flames do something this offseason to, you know, kind of make something a little bit more consistent with the lines and not having Brett Ritchie in your top six because what self-respecting coach would do that? We'll just go uh, back in time. They can offer sheet Ryan O'Reilly again. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Like, we're going to have to figure something out because that's just not acceptable. I was but, going to propose going crazy and just trading for Jack Eichel. But, you know, then then you have the whole, okay, what do you give up? Does that player even really want to even go into anywhere near Buffalo, New York? No. And, wants to live in New York? Not me. No. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I just, I think that their main concerns this offseason are offering or not even offering contracts extending Andrew Mangiapane and Matthew Kachuk and then worrying about Gaudreau you know a little bit further down the line but like with Boston having two cores Calgary has two cores you yeah Kachuk and a couple of young kids and then you have Gaudreau and Monaghan and you know no, they're, they're not even that old but in hockey terms in the way that this sport has evolved into faster mm-hmm. younger speed skill everything else that you see on the ice to this day uh you you need to have some reassessment assessment there and and ultimately say okay well Kudrow can stay Monahan can stay but we need to move on from some of these guys that might be second or third liners but realistically third or fourth liners anywhere else you, yeah. you need to have some of these conversations going because it's the time. team can either get you know, a good thing going and rebound and maybe you get a deep run out of it with the guys that you still have in both the old and new core and you can make one legitimate push for the Stanley Cup or it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. And like I've said a million times on this podcast, we don't want to be the next Buffalo Sabres and we're just going to avoid that. But, you know, the Bruins, they what time does the game start tomorrow? Because, I, again, I have no concept of time. So for people on the East Coast, it's 7.15 Eastern, and for people in the United States, it's on NC. But people in Canada, it's going to be 4.15 Pacific time. And, uh, you know, find a way. see. I, no, I have it in front of me, if I can just oh. actually read my laptop. Uh, Sportsnet, CBC, TVS, TVAS, as always, the, the major networks. And, uh, you know, in. it's going to be a fun time. It's the only playoff game on Saturday. And it's it's just it's going to come down to goaltending, who's yeah. in net for the caps. K 
can they live up to what you kind of expect from Tuka Rask in the postseason? As well as, okay, how injured is Alex Ovechkin? Because yeah. this season he wasn't in the top three in their scoring. It went Backstrom, Carlson, Oshie. That's not to say that Ovechkin is bad by any means. No, he's getting up there in age, and that's not to say that he's wearing down at all because he could probably play for another 10 years if he so chooses. Right. He's probably starting that Chara diet now. But compare and contrast that with the fact that the Bruins' first line were their top three in scoring. Yeah. Kind of you know, the trend for the last five or six years. Right. Uh, that's, that's with Pasternak coming off of his surgery in the offseason and at times still looking like he could be nursing something. There hasn't yeah. been anything said. But if you watch the game from night to night, you, you see it every now and then where you go, he's not having his best night, but it's not, you know, it's not for a lack of uh, effort or anything. He's just, he doesn't look fully comfortable out there. And lately he's looked a lot better. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of, I'm hoping that it's, it's like what we've seen with Krejci this year, like what we usually see of Sean Corrali. Their mm-hmm. second half of the season players, they peak at the right time. It's like what Pittsburgh does every year since 2009. They just go on a tear from February through June and somehow win the cup and make everyone mad for some reason or another. If you love Sidney Crosby, great. If you don't like Sidney Crosby because you're a Caps fan, well, there wow. you go. You know, it's like yeah. it's it's all about peaking at the right time. It's like when you're on the mile and track, you got to drop the hammer on the third lap. The fourth lap, you've got to fly. But the second lap... You have to, you know, you can't be slowing down at all. In the first lap, you just got to get out there comfortably. But but really, you got to pick it up, and then you drop the hammer, and then you just keep going. Yep. I, I don't care if you're out of breath. Just keep going. You, know, like, exactly. you can fall over after the finish line. Just get there. That's all you need to do. But thank you so much for jumping on today. Another last-minute appearance. Uh, where can we find your work? You can find it on downtheriver.com. That's my own website that I've been doing for a while. Uh, we're going to have coverage of every playoff game this year. I'm not expecting people to come see us first thing, but, you know, if you... You should. If you read, you know, like ESPN or something, or you watch a game and you check out something on Sportsnet later, and then you're like, oh, what were the stats? We'll probably have something. Yeah. We'll have at least shots on goal and, you know... We'll have a bit more like in-depth analysis. If you look for Bruins coverage, I'm going to have way too many stats in the recaps. So if you like yeah. that sort of thing, then I'll have it for you. And then where are you on Twitter? At Lancy53. So L-A-N-C-I-5-3, like the number. Perfect. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I hope you have a fantastic weekend, and I will see you all on Monday.